that is like, how they get you. That's like one of the best um, crime fighting um, falsehoods or myths that I, th- I believe it's perpetrated by police officers that you that they're required to identify themselves if you ask them, or if they're police officers, they have to identify themselves, and they don't. Oh yeah, like in certain situations, they're required to. Uh, but like it, like if you ask if somebody's a police officer, they don't have to tell you that they're a police officer. They're it's allowed true. to lie to you. It's true. But I think police officers have spread that myth that they have to do it. That way they like catch people. They make people, they want people to believe it. So the people are like, oh, well, I asked you and you said you weren't. And then I tried to buy cocaine from you. <laughs> but that's on you. Entrapment. <laughs> it's your fault. You got me. Actually, that's probably not a cokehead that did that. It's probably a, a pothead. Yeah. Well, welcome everybody to Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. <laughs> Balderdash. That was a good little rant right right in the front. Yeah, yeah, right right <laughs> up in the beginning. Get right. up, my lawn. Right up in the front. Well, John, how are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah? It's uh, blistering cold at times here in the, uh, in the New England states, but uh, so far so good. I've had about half a dozen Christmas parties. Today. Wow, lucky. And uh, I think that was my last one this afternoon. I had my last one. We made, uh, there's this charity here, and I can't remember what they're called right offhand, but they um, work to uh, house unhoused people. Okay. And so, like, as you can imagine, people who are, are living on the street homeless. typically don't have, yeah, homeless people or homeless fam- A lot of times it's families. They work with families, like a lot of kids. and That's best. Uh, to try to get people in, in homes and... As you can imagine, they don't typically have a lot of the things you need when you first move into a house. So this charity um, works with organizations to build uh, welcome baskets that have all the things you need, pillows and dishes and uh, uh, like cleaning supplies and uh, personal um, supplies like toothpaste and shampoo. And so like we, as part of our Christmas party, instead of like throwing a great big party and spending a bunch of money on nonsense. Our, our localized team built these baskets for this charity. So we all got on teams and we all volunteered to bring certain things. And then today we put them together and we had pizza and we made um, handwritten cards, welcome home cards and happy holidays cards that were stuck in them and nice dressed them up really nice, put them in baskets. So I love so that. It's good. It's, it's way better than just like some of the other stupid bullshit that we do sometimes. Yeah. It's way more valuable. Yeah, I've had none. None, no Christmas parties. I was invited to one at one of my tenants. Um, I invited to another one at another tenant, um, I think next week. And uh ours can is I go, can I go as your date? <laughs> it's in the middle of the day. We got nothing to do. Um <laughs> and then uh I have one this weekend. I don't really want to go. But I haven't told my I haven't told the people I work with I don't want to go. I don't want to go bowling in Puyallup. On Saturday. Do you want... Uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be uh, like snowing this weekend. Snow mixed with rain to, this weekend. You want me to send you over a picture of one of my positive COVID tests? <laughs> yeah. Actually, my, it's going through the house right now. My <laughs> kids have uh, some uh, head congestion, not COVID, but they're sick. Like they have sore throats yeah. and head congestion right now. It's not COVID. That, my my daughter tested and it, it came back negative, which I don't even fucking care anymore. So <laughs> It's that time of year stuff goes around. I yeah. mean, that was one of the big... Pluses of everybody being home for the last two years over this time of year is that first year everyone was home. There were zero flu deaths yeah. that winter. 
which is great. Uh, it's amazing how a few public health uh, things like washing your hands and not licking doorknobs can help save lives. Well, that and, you know, people crowding you. Yeah, get off my bits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I well, be my business. That's I good. I'm glad you had too, a lot like, of Christmas are, stuff. Are generally much more like wary or like aware of like handling things when they're in stores. Like, I mean, you still get the person that wants to touch every avocado before they pick one, but I think a lot more people think more about it. Anyway, yeah, but now you got yes. the people that still wear uh, gloves. Uh, in the grocery store and spray everything before they buy yeah, it. There's a there's a balance in there. So I, I try to give people the benefit of that because you never know some of those people are immune compromised and maybe they have just made the personal decision that getting sick is not worth it, especially if it could possibly kill you. But I don't know. Teach his own. I, I mean, don't they do were it. immune compromised before. <laughs> yeah, and they might have been doing it before. You don't know. No, you would you would definitely that would be something that you would definitely pick out before. Well, maybe they also <laughs> might have mental issues where they're like hypochondriacs and uh, that's their way of coping and living well, in the real world. I think the it last couple of years gave lots of people mental issues. So yes, I absolutely agree with that. I think, 100%. Last, I think the last couple of years highlighted that people have mental issues. Yeah. Or and gave them mental issues hide. too. There's a lot of depressions there's, there's, and stuff like there's that. Some of that. Yeah. I think so. Like I've had some, some anxiety issues and whatnot. And I think up until recently I was able to hide behind it because I wasn't, I was able to hide from it because I was off doing other things. And when you're kind of like forced to sit with yourself and you have to start thinking about it, it's a lot harder to like mask it by. It's when the healing begins. Jolly man. Johnny. The helium? The healing. Yeah. And the yeah. helium. Huff helium. <laughs> That's the <laughs> answer. That's my answer to uh, you feeling down? Huff some helium. You'll be laughing in moments. <laughs> <laughs> have some helium. Well, Johnny, yeah, what do we so, got for uh, beer today? Oh, yes. We're going to have some beer. This is, uh, this is from the great beer bourbon in Northwest. Is it snowing there right now? No. It's cold. It's cold as balls. How cold? Um, it's How cold is it? 30. It was 20-something this morning. So two days ago when I – no, yesterday when I walked to work, mm-hmm. you know what the temperature was with the wind chill? It's 36 degrees right now. What is it? Nine. <clears throat> Yeah, that's, that's what the thing said. Nine. It was it was twenty one degrees when I left the house. Nice. Actual degrees. So a little bit of a breeze made it chilly. Anyway, today we're drinking. Uh, <laughs> we got uh, one of the older craft breweries in the Seattle area, Georgetown Brewing Company. Uh, they've been prolific for quite a long time and have a lot of great beers. I do think they've suffered a little bit from their own success. Like Manny's used to be the big one around town, oh, yeah. and it's dropped off a lot in its volume. You don't see it around as much, but I think it's just like. Typically, craft beer drinkers don't drink the same beer over and over and over again like you would. A, sure. a, like a bud drinker will just only drink the one drink. Yeah. And so I think it just became saturated and people stopped drinking it. So they made a bunch of other really great ones like Nine Pound Hammer and Rogers Pilsner. And what we're drinking today is Bodhisattva India Pale Ale. Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva. We got the cans. Cans. Canning it. Classy. <sighs> nice. Yeah, I poured this all the way. Cheers. Oh, smells good. Cheers. Mm. All the way to P-Town. There's this that, there's that West That's Coast cool. India Pale Ale right there, man. Anyone from here that heard me say P-Town is going to get mad because P-Town is actually Provincetown. That's what they call Provincetown. And Providence is PVD. 
Okay. Sorry, kids, but <clears throat> yes, that is a classic West Coast IPA. A little citrusy, a little piney. Yep. A little bitter. Mm-hmm. I like it. Tell me a little more about it. That is yummy. Uh, let's see. 6.9%. It's a little bit heavy duty. That's a good one for a night like tonight. Oh, jeez. According to their can, they like beer, and we should refrigerate this because warm beer sucks. Uh, Georgetown has a pretty good-sized brewery down there in, in Georgetown, south of Seattle, uh, and it's fun to go there. It's been a while since I've been in the tasting room, but when I was there, I was tasting all the beers. They were really friendly, and I was like, can I just buy a pint? And they're like, oh, we're not allowed to sell beer out of here. So basically, they just let you show up and drink. Oh. Which I don't know if they do that anymore, but they were very liberal with the drinks. And uh, that's interesting. And you can they, go there they can't, like, if you brought there, in a growler or a crawler, they won't fill it up for you. I think they will because uh, oh, okay. they have the taps, but you can't, you can't buy it to drink on site. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm 99% sure you can take in growlers. When I was there, it was to buy a keg for my kegerator. And so that was great. That was fun. That was a lot of beer, though. But now you have a winerator. I do have a winerator <laughs> and a kegerator. I have another one in the garage. Oh, yeah. Man. <clears throat> if I didn't drink so much, I'd think I'd you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Uh, What's good? It's definitely a, a bitter tasting in the back end. I do like the whole piney citrusy in the front. One thing I never liked about IPAs and it's probably West Coast IPAs, is the bitterness. It just the bitterness makes me not enjoy it as much as uh, East Coast IPAs. So. Yeah, they, there was this like kind of slow roll into trying to make the biggest, most bitter IPA you possibly could. Uh, and then there was this macho kind of like jackass bravado about it where people be like, oh, you don't like IPAs? IPAs are the best. I remember like that. IPAs. Give me that. 120 minute IPA, it tastes like licking a hot flowers butthole. Yeah. A hot mm, flowers butthole? Hop flower. A hop. Hop. Sorry, I don't I have a I have a trouble with the enunciation when I'm uh, hop when I'm talking like a guy. Flower. Hop flower hop butthole. Flower butthole. That's the name of the name of the episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I don't think hop flowers have buttholes. Anyway, brew's great. Uh let's see. Historically speaking, let's see what we can see about the brewery. Uh, Manny is a guy. And. Uh, Riveting. I know, this is great. <laughs> Personally been here 10 years. Uh, trying to see. Well, I don't know how long they've been around. And according to this, it makes it sound like they've only been around 10 years. They're, mm. I feel like they've been around longer than that. Maybe not. Anyway, doesn't matter. It's good times. Check them out. Awesome. You can find them almost anywhere in Seattle. It's at almost all the bars. They're not terrible. West Coast IPAs are not my favorite. It's better than the Lagunitas. I did not like the Lagunitas um, Pale Ale. That one was super bitter. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if I'm if I'm paying money and I want to enjoy something, I do not want it to taste like a hot flower butthole. So. No, just kidding. Here's the transition for you. You know what these two ding-dongs did before they opened this brewery? What? They sold insurance. <laughs> <laughs> like, we quit our boring jobs and made decided to make beer. Yep. 
now we make less money than we did before, probably. <laughs> I bet they're doing okay now. I bet now. for a while it was, a, it was a bit of a struggle fest. Yeah, it was probably a... Uh, so, just, their brewery is pretty good size now. It's right by the, the sugar refinery place. Oh, down Georgetown there? Do you know there's a, you know there's a sugar plant in South Seattle? Uh-uh. Yeah, it says sugar on it. I don't know if they just buy sugar and repackage it. Or if they actually like, I have a hard time believing they would refine like sugar cane there. They're the ones that put a, it in the little, put it in the yeah, little in packages, the little, the little white bags and packages. Yeah. That's probably what they do because, because tra- <laughs> like transporting liquid sugar is probably not cost effective. Yeah, to turn it into crystals. Nice. Uh, but anyway, you could go tour the sugar plant, have some beers, uh, hop over to Machine House before they shut down. Yep. Still know they're right by Machine House, so if you get a chance to get down there, get down to, to Machine House. Absolutely. I'll get down there. Maybe we should have one going away party there before they actually shut it off. I hope they do. Very, That'd be very fun. sad. That'd be fun. We should we should find out and then uh, we should go down there and make a thing of it. Yeah, we should. I like making things and things. <laughs> All right, what's uh, <laughs> All what's right, our well, round for today? Our bourbon tonight is Wild Turkey One Zero One. Oh, you got a full bottle. I found the. Uh, the little fifth there, so. Oh, well, I was limited at, I had to get it from a grocery store. Yep. Uh, and I tried to find it at a liquor store last night, yep. and they didn't have any. They're totally sold out. Wow. If you want affordable, delicious whiskey, this is it. I love Wild Turkey 101. Uh, on Wild Turkey's website, it says, for over 60 years, Wild Turkey has been making 101 the same way, the right way. Aged in American white oak barrels and coated in the deepest alligator char, Wild Turkey 101 has an impossible-to-miss character. Its high rye content and the 101 proof make it almost flavorful, makes it a most, excuse me, flavorful Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey that carries a bit of a pleasant bite to it, making it highly enjoyable neat on the rocks or in a cocktail. Oh, nice. Yeah. Woo! Good sound. Mm-hmm. Oh. I love this one. This one is so good. That was a good it sound. Sound. That was it a good sounds sound. like I'm pouring a lot, but it's only four fingers. Yeah. Four fingers is a lot. That's a double. <laughs> it's not four fingers. It's like two. Let's see. One. It's one. Well, it's me a off. thumb. It's like a thumb. Thumb. All right, vanilla oh, yeah. and oak. Lots of lots of nice spicy flavors, like spices, mm-hmm. like cinnamons, and it's very good. I'm really curious. There's there is a bit of a like almost a rubbing alcohol aroma that's very it's really subtle. I'm curious if that's going to dissipate really quickly because that's usually I think that's from the heads where you get that. Yep. <clears throat> oh, that's good. Oh yeah, it's good. Sweet. It's got the rye really, bite. Really oaky. Yeah. I like that rye bite. I do too. Oh, it's this is a good wintertime one. Yeah. Warms like you it up. Very, it warms. It you feel it warm all the way down. Not That's, like not like heartburn warming you up, but like yeah. Just gonna make sure your insides feel toasty. It's um if you uh, if you have a cold right now or you're feeling a little congested in your body, uh some lemon, some honey, some hot water. And some wild turkey 101 would probably feel really good in your chest and in your body. Warm you up real good. 
Mm-hmm. It's yummy. Mm-hmm. Orange peel. You get the orange in it, so it's got a bit of an orangey taste, some cinnamon. Yeah, it's just good drinking. You can drink a lot of this. Yeah, I like that. Good choice for tonight. Mm-hmm. It's cold outside. This is good for today. The 101 proof is aged between six and eight years. It won uh 2021 Beverage Tasting Institute 90 points gold. The 2021 San Francisco World Spirits Competition gold medal. And it also won the 2021 Ultimate Spirits Challenge 90 points. And do you uh do you recall how much you paid for yours? Uh I had the receipts. Oh nope, I crushed it. Um I think it was it was thirty dollars. Yeah. It used to be like twenty something dollars. Yeah. It was in the twenties and then tax bumped it up over. Um, but it was still thirty dollars, thirty dollar bottle, that's not bad. No, 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 no. For yeah, you're getting a really good product here. Certainly certainly paid more for less. Yeah. I would love to be able to go down to um uh go down to Kentucky and go to these distilleries. That's on my that's on my list. Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. So while you were describing this delightful concoction, oh, um, at twenty three ninety nine at Total Wine and More in Washington State, plus thirty dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, Jay. Thanks, Inslee. Go ahead. We're on. We're in first name basis. So I found the beer tab, beer tab, beer tab on the Georgetown Brewing site. Uh-huh. This is something I really appreciate when brewers do this. Um, so. I, we we talked about when I went to Boulevard Brewing Company, we did the tour and they talked about them using the malts and I asked them if they knew what their base malt was. They're like, it's all the same base malt that they use. And so for those who don't know how beer is made, typically there's one malt that is used that, that does most of like the heavy lifting. Yeah. And then you add other much smaller volumes of these other malts to make the different beers. And sometimes it's as little as like half a percent of the grain bill. Uh, and sometimes it's 50-50. It just kind of depends. But typically, a brewer will use the same base malt, and they buy it by pallets or by truckloads, depending on what they're doing. Uh, and then they make all their beers based on that. So that is usually like a, a pale malt, uh, like a two-row or six-row pale malt. And the two-row and six-row is uh, <clears throat> it's it that is in reference to how the plant grows and how the seeds line up on the, okay. on the stock. Yeah. Um, and so you'll have that base malt. And so when I asked them what their base malt was at Boulevard, they didn't know. But they made a big deal about how they use great malts. And they took this big story. And I was like, do you know what malt it is? And they're like, we don't know. <laughs> but if you look outside, there's some bags and it's got a name on it. I was like, well, that's not really what I was asking. Yeah. Like, is it a two-row or a six-row or is it Maris Otter? Or, you know, it's kind of a, a snooty beer question. But I feel like as much as they were talking about it, they should have known. And I was interested because... Uh, from my own brewing, uh, my time brewing, I found that the base malt makes a difference sure. in the different beers that you use. Uh, and so there's a really, really great malt that you can get from England called Maris Otter, and it's a, it's a premium malt, but it makes delicious beers. And if you want to make a truly accurate uh, English beer, that's the base malt you want to use. So anyway, I say all this bullshit because I like to hear myself talk. No, it's informative. And, I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> and I think our I, listeners I that actually care appreciate it too, John. I, I sure hope so. I think it's really interesting. So I appreciate this because some brewers do this and other brewers are like, I'm not going to tell you anything about what I do. Yeah. Generally, when you talk to a brewer, they're pretty open about what they do. 
Um, and the ones who are like actually paying attention, like there's a lot of brewers that will help home brewers make clones of their beer. They're like, here's my, here's my mash bill and here's the percentages that I use and do with it what you will. And it's not a perfect transition. Just, you can't just scale up because the way that the malting process works. So you have to tweak it a little bit with smaller volumes or bigger volumes sure. and the and different conditions and the, too. Yeah, all the conditions, like so much about it can change it from time to time. Anyway, so they have listed the malts they use for to make the malts and the hops that they use. They don't have volumes, they don't have uh amounts of each of them yeah. that they use, but they do say like this is made with two real pale malt and Munich malt. Uh and Munich malt is a tradition like if you've ever had a Munich lager, it's gonna be or like a Vienna lager. Would that be like a Hackershore? No, Hackershore. Oh, actually, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. I, I'd have to look it up for sure. But like, um, yeah, it's a traditional German beer. Okay. Uh, and it's called Munich a Munich lager because... Is Bitburger a Munich the, lager? Uh, Bitburger is a Pilsner, I think. I thought it was well, a lager. Bitburger is a brand, but... I know. Uh, let's see. Let's... Munich... Johnny, pull that up. I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, Polaner has a oh, Munich Polaner. lager, yeah. Munich Helles lager. So when you see when you see a beer that says Munich mm-hmm. something in it, that's in reference to the base malt that is the primary malt in the grain bill. Okay. So it's not it's not because it was made in Munich necessarily. Now it could be, I guess, but generally it'll be called a Munich lager because of that that grain that, or that malt that they're using. And there's a similar malt. It's a little bit different called Vienna lager that you'll also see, or a Vienna malt that you'll see Vienna lagers made out of. Um, I do think if I remember right, you have to mix them with other malts because they don't have the enzymes in them to be able to, to convert the starches to sugars yep. for fermenting. Cause that's what you're doing when you're mashing is you're converting starch to sugar. So the yeast can eat the sugar. Uh, and they don't have the diastic power to be able to convert their own starches. You have to have something else that does it for them. It's pretty interesting, all the way they all work together. Sure. Chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fantastic. It's science. It's science, bitch. <laughs> that was thanks, nice. thanks, Jesse. All right. Anyway, I just, I just wanted to share that. And then if no, you're interested I in the that. hops, um, they also list the hops. They have the, the final gravity and the starting gravity, which is how you determine alcohol content generally. Um, oh, and it does say it uses oats, so that's when you see this poured in a glass, it's got a big creamy head on it, and it feels a little thicker. Oats will do that. So you'll see oats at a lot of beers that are meant to have Oh, in this, uh, uh, yeah. What is Zaffa? Yeah, it adds, oh. it's primarily used as a, as for, um, to get a, a bigger white head mm-hmm. without adding uh. wheat to it. Um, and it'll make a kind of a thicker beer. So like if you had an oatmeal stout and it feels really thick, that's the oats that's making that happen. So you'll see it added to lighter beers to give it body. Like that thick. body, 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 like thick. body, body. <clears throat> that was nice. Nice. All there right. Go. Well, that's good, man. Good times. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate your, uh, all that information It's actually, uh, very helpful, especially for people who are probably in the process of making their own beers. It's good that they. Good to hear all that stuff too. So I'm an award-winning beer maker. Did you know that? Did you win an award? I didn't know that you won an award. I've won lots of awards. Have you? Yeah, I've submitted beers to the National Homebrew Competition. Oh my god! They they didn't win there. Oh, 
So speaking of which, but they've made it to it. Well, I mean, we need to do a podcast with your beers, by the way. Oh yeah, I haven't brewed one in a while, but I have some that have aged a while that I think might be really interesting. Yeah. Well, that's definitely something that we should uh, talk about at some point in time. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of which, uh, people winning awards. I called up uh, Sweetwater today. It's not an ad. They don't sponsor us. Uh, that's who I get all of my audio equipment from. Sweetwater. Sweetwater. For your best in audio devices. Yeah. And I called them up because they have a fantastic support. So if you don't understand something about your system, you can call them up and they can kind of walk you through it and help you out. And I was trying to figure out a problem mm-hmm. that I had. And the guy that I got, uh, he looked at he looked at my account because I gave him the order number. And he goes, he starts laughing. I go, what? And he goes, you do a bourbon podcast? And I said, yeah, I do a bourbon <laughs> podcast. He goes, do you know I just won a best blended whiskey in uh mash and drum podcast and mash and drum is a very popular podcast that's a it's a guy who's a drummer who also does bourbon reviews and stuff and he has mm-hmm. lots of people on he has uh, the people who um not uh, he has the distillers on that uh for old forester and stuff like that and so every now and then you can submit your own blend so say if i took this wild turkey and i wanted to tune it down and make it a little something else you know, and I kind of come up with a recipe of a blend. You can submit it to him and he would taste it. And then they, you know, they'll rate it anyway. So he won and he was telling me all about it. So we had this long conversation about bird. It was pretty fantastic. I was like, dude, it is fun. I was like, cool. Congrats. So I'm going to go watch that episode, uh, sometime here soon and, uh, see what his, uh, now he does. He didn't give me out his recipe obviously, cause that's a secret recipe, but, um, I was like, man, I'm I'm pretty impressed that I got somebody. I said, well, check out our podcast and and tell me what you think. And did you pull a coaster out of your pocket and hand it to him? No. Well, this is on the phone, so you can't see a coaster. I do have coasters with QR codes, just so you know. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So awesome. We should get we should get hoodies with the QR code on the back. Yeah, just the QR code, and then the mm-hmm. little logo on the front. But no one, yep. it's no one really knows. Yeah, yeah. It's just a big QR code, so people can just go like this, and then that's a good idea. That's yeah. some guerrilla marketing there, buddy. Nobody's going to do it, though. Yeah, they will. They would here, actually. Seattle, they're too polite. They wouldn't do it in Seattle. Actually, if you were sitting at a bar and you saw somebody with a big QR code on your back on their back, it'd be tempting. Yeah, you might just do it. I mean, the reason why they're wearing a QR code is they want you to, obviously... You can put something stupid on it, like, <laughs> like scan the code and you might win a prize. What would they win? <laughs> Nothing. I said might. And you might win. Just kidding. Uh, Your prize is thank you for boosting my stats yeah. on my website. You're welcome for knowing me. <laughs> oh, that's dumb. Uh, well, speaking what? of dumb. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> tonight we're going to talk about the Darwin Awards 2022. Dumb. Oh, that was a really good segue. We went, we did, we did the awards and then to dumb. And now we're in Darwin. Awards, I'm telling you, awards. professionals, yeah. we're getting better. It's just like. If, I mean, episode 42 like, is when like we hit scripted. our stride. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not actually, we're prepared, but we're not scripted. That's for sure. So the Darwin I think awards, they, I think they can tell according to Darwin. Oh yeah. There's, <laughs> there's been some, some boogers out there. Uh, the Darwin awards, uh, according to darwinawards.com, it says in the spirit of Charles Darwin, the father of evolution with an asterisk, which is pretty funny. The Darwin Awards commemorate individuals who protect our gene pool by making the ultimate sacrifice of their own lives. 
<laughs> Darwin Award winners eliminate themselves in an extraordinarily idiotic manner, thereby improving our species' chance of long-term survival. And there's rules. Just, just take themselves right out of the gene pool. Yep, there's rules, John. Well, uh, let's, the, let's have it. Okay, the rules. It says, this is all in jest, but we do have five important rules to consider when deciding eligibility. Nominees improve the gene pool by eliminating themselves from it in an obviously stupid way. They are self-selected accidental examples of a fatal lack of common sense, and their risky move is new and exciting. So all humans who meet the following criteria are eligible to win reproduction, out of gene pool, dead or sterile, self-selection, <laughs> causes one's own demise, excellence, sublimely idiotic misapplication of judgment, maturity, capable of sound judgment, and veracity, the event must be true. And I did find most of the uh, news clips for these Darwin Awards that we're going to talk about tonight. So are you ready? Yes, let's do it. Number one, the steel MacBook armor. So this is uh, this is confirmed true. So you're wearing body armor in a war zone and you spot an abandoned MacBook. You want MacBook. Where to hide it? Well... With quick reflexes, a Russian soldier slid the MacBook into his chest armor pocket, replacing a ballistic plate designed to save his life. <laughs> he was killed in ear pin, and his body was retrieved, providing a hearty laugh for all Ukraine. Instant karma, they reportedly found a stolen iPad as well. Wonder where the iPad is hidden? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> And I do have a clip, but it's in Russian, but we're going to play it anyways, because this is a terrible podcast. Yes. You're welcome. And you're wel you are welcome. It's lovely. It's very, it's very, very good. It's very good. Uh, I'll try to translate. Breaking news, Vlad. I thought I'd loot a separatist armor plate from his plate carrier. Pulled the plate out, shook it off. Here it is, Vlad. I think, holy shit, it's a double plate. Seems interesting. Flipped it over to the other side. It ain't no fucking armor. This motherfucker pulled out his plate, Vlad, and put a MacBook back instead. These are the guys. These were the kind of soldiers the Russians had. Boomba. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so that's the actual video on YouTube of the Ukraine soldier <laughs> finding the body armor, quote unquote, of the MacBook as the uh, double plated armor. It's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. That's awesome. I love it. I do too. Oh Boomba. Boomba. <laughs> Next up is Pastor Sean meets Wait, his maker. What does is, what is Boomba mean? I don't know. Boomba. Boom. How do you feel about MacBooks? Boomba. Do like Don't you and, have one? Yeah, I'm on one right now. Um, like so I got it because I was doing a lot of photography and stuff, and everyone said, oh, it's so much better and whatnot. Uh, and I use a Windows at work, so I, I use both. I I like it, but I miss there's certain things about Windows that are just way too easy that mm -hmm. MacBook makes a little extra hard. 
So I can't really say um, what's better, but I have to, I basically have to use an iPhone at work. Um, so I just kind of went and adopted that whole environment because it's really frustrating to go from Apple to Google to Microsoft and nothing really <laughs> talks and you have to find a whole bunch of third-party stuff. Uh, yeah. So I just use Apple and you guys can flame me all you want. So I, that doesn't I, bother me. I typed in Boomba in Ukraine and it is big tits and beautiful nude Ukraine women and nudist Ukraine 59 porn photos. Busty Ukraine. I got porn. I got really nice porn. I mean, hot, but I, I shouldn't even be looking at this. But Boomba uh, means nothing. I guess I should have used like um, <laughs> Google Translate or something. <laughs> Hold on. I'll use Translate uh, so I don't should, look at all the porn. Dana Joe. Dana yeah. Joe. So listen to this and go, um, you saw porn? <laughs> I saw porn. Oops. Oops. Oopsie. <laughs> we got a, I got a message the other day. So oh, when we go to our trade shows, we use, we have an app. Wafer has an app that we use to keep track of our meetings and stuff. That's not all that exciting, but I got a message the other day. It was like, Hey, we noticed you went to a trade show and you were one of the people that didn't use our app. We want to oh. know why. And my response was because the app is only available on iPhones. I have an Android and they were shocked by this, that, <sighs> The entire Shocked, world I tell you. doesn't have iPhones. Yeah. They were like, what? There's another phone than an iPhone? I think it's a bunch of children running it. Like, but my iPhone works so great. I don't know if that's true. I didn't actually talk to any of them. And they're probably delightful people and much smarter than me. I just like to be mean. <laughs> Sorry. That's so funny. Well, I, I think do people Johnny. think that way. That there are people that do think that. I think it's interesting that, you know, like, well, it goes back to like being in an echo chamber. Like we've talked about before with, you know, like if you continually listen to things that just reaffirm your point of view, you're never going to, you're going to believe that the entire world believes your point of view and you're never going to learn anything new. Yeah. That's true. So live a little. Boomba is bomb in English. (laughs) Boomba. I don't know why I got porn, but <laughs> maybe it was it was them doing ladies a are the based bomb. on your browser history. No, that's not true. <laughs> Everything's in incognito mode. So, <laughs> do you have this up on your computer? Nope. You need to pull you pull this up on your computer. So that Which you page? darwinawards.com. Yeah, darwinawards.com the 2022 Darwin Awards. This way we can go back and uh, forth. I don't have to read right. everything. Oh, you want me to read? No, I like listening to you read. No, you you gotta you have to do something I'm, too, John. I'm just a talent. I'm just I'm just here to tell it like it is. I'll read this one, but you got to read the next one. How about uh, that? 2022. Okay. Okay. Is this Pastor Sean? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll read it. All right. Let's do it. Uh, boating on Lake Seminole was a delight to Sean and his friends up until his boat began to founder. I don't. I think they meant flounder. And he had no life vest, exclamation point. But no worry. Other boarders on the lake called the Pinellas County Sheriff Rescue Team. And on Friday afternoon, shortly after 2 p.m., they were safe on land again. Catastrophe averted. Kiss the earth. But Pastor Sean, 39, evidently wanted more of the same. He called a friend to ferry him back out on the lake so he could rescue the ship in distress. Okay, well, that's understandable. 
But again, without a life jacket? Hmm. Mm -hmm. So around 5.30 p.m., poor Pastor Sean tried to transfer to the little boat and actually capsized it. Not so easy to jump from one boat to another, right? Especially when it's already floundering. Foundering. Now, poor Pastor Sean was definitely in the drink. No life vest and (laughs) unable to swim. So for sure, his buddy tried to save him, but was unable to pull the pastor out. And why was he unable to get the pastor out of the water? Because it's super tricky to heave a body into a boat. It requires strength and practice. And sailors learn to grab hold of the life vest and forcefully hoist the person in. People don't have handles. Love so, handles. <laughs> not those kind of handles. Oh. So many choice points. What? Can't swim. The boat is sinking. You try to rescue it without a life vest, and you incautiously plunge into the water to boot. This is an illiterate person that wrote this. Are you thinking God helps those who hobble themselves? Question yeah, mark. It's not, not, not greatly written. No. It's not a <laughs> narrative masterpiece. <laughs> it's not. The pastor could not walk on water. But he could not swim in the water either, and he could not leave the water. The only remaining option was to sink. Reluctant to the stereotype, he was indeed a Florida man. Pinellas County Sheriff arrived at 5.42 p.m., and rescue divers searched for four hours and finally located the body. Poor choices, Pastor Sean. Where did you go wrong? Jesus Vanilla's deputies say a man is dead after his boat capsized in Lake Seminole. They say Seminole Fire Rescue rescued two people, Sean Thomas and Alexandra Doomerville, from a disabled boat on Friday. Later in the day, Thomas went to recover his boat, but it capsized and Thomas fell into the water. His body was later recovered. Deputies believe drugs and alcohol were not a factor and say he wasn't wearing a life vest. Poor Pastor Sean. Just for a record of note, yeah. Pour one out for Pastor. No, I'm not wasting this on Pastor Sean. That guy's an idiot. Um, just so you know, when they say founder, that's an actual word. Mm. Looked it up. Uh, I mean, we know it's an actual word, but yeah. it actually <clears throat> is used correctly. Oh, it is. Uh, and it says, if a ship sinks after capsizing or is a consequence of a leak in the hull or other water oh. ingress, it may be described as having foundered or foundering. Ah. Large ships are designed with compartments to help preserve the necessary buoyancy. That last sentence is irrelevant. <clears throat> well, I'm the idiot. <laughs> but I read it anyway because it was highlighted. <laughs> <laughs> I just Ron burgundy you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Why don't you read the next one, asshole? Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was a little <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I love you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh I'm very confused because I'm getting ads for wood um, whiskey cups. And cool. I kind of want it. Tombstone footballer is the one you Tombstone footballer. <laughs> oh, man. That's my birthday month. The 13th of May in Spain. Dutch football pro. Marad. Did you do this on purpose so I get the hard words? <laughs> no. <laughs> Marad Lemmerbot. 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 That works. Was hungry for a vacation prank, leaping off a cliff into the ocean, thinking my athletic strength will carry me carry me way out into the beautiful blue waters, thirty meters below. He instructed his can. Oh wait, that was in quotes. That's what he yelled at. His instruct. He instructed his can. I'm doing it. I'm just see. This is why I don't do this. 
He instructed his kinfolk to film the fatal feat, let out a triumphant, triumphant yodel. I don't think the Spanish yodel. And tombstoned into the abyss. Keep in mind that 30 meters is high, even for experienced cliff divers. Uh, that 10 meters is the horizontal distance needed to reach deep water from this cliff face, and that calculated velocity on impact is 88 clicks. Or 55 miles per yeah, hour. The sick flip became a free fall into the sharp sea rocks sick. below. Because not even a great footballer can leap 10 meters horizontally. Adding insult to injury, the impact velocity was equal to being hit by a vehicle on the motorway. The Dutch athlete died in the brine. Oh, he's Dutch. I missed him that. Died in the brine at the age of 31. A goner, I'm sorry to say. RIP to Murad, missed by family and fans alike. But why would you do it? Straight suicide. Perversely, losing his life may enhance the survival of his contributions to posterity, a.k.a. kids. Research shows a connection between... Is this extra? Yeah. I don't know. It's there. I'm going to read it. Research shows a connection between epigenetic changes and risk-adverse decisions. And so the children of risk-taker... Children of a risk-taker may experience inheritable epigenetic changes to the genes that make them risk-adverse and less likely to follow a parent's fatal foolishness. That's interesting. That's a yeah. fun fact. Yeah. That's better than the story of the idiot. <laughs> I know, I know. And, the, and tombstoning is when you when you hit the water feet first. Like a tombstone, you're straight as a board. Mm. So, yeah. And there's not much. Uh, the video is shitty. It's uh, someone's flip phone, apparently, from the 1990s. Um, and all it has is a horrifying uh, woman screaming as the guy hits... The water, which isn't necessarily awesome to hear, but you're going to hear it anyways. Yeah, that's when he hit the water and they realized he done fucked up. uh, He's fucked. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, he jumped off and at 55 miles an hour, went lock legged feet first into the water. That sucks. I heard I heard a fact. Uh. That uh, I think it was during not this World Cup but the last World Cup that a lot of people in Brazil and South American countries, uh, the reason why they seem they take big risks, they take a lot of risks, or they're 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 just kind of more like this says like risk adverse. They make a lot of these kind of decisions is mostly because of a parasite that's in the water mm. that is in their brain that stops that function of fear. And so if you notice, uh, I think it came up in in. Uh, with a lot of the soccer players in Spanish countries and South American countries, that they take more risks playing soccer than their North American or European counterparts. Hmm. And the reason why is that they were filthy with this parasite that made them risk adverse. Oh, yeah, because it it fucks with their brain. Yeah. So that's why the Uh, women are easier down there, too. (laughs) That's, That's what the article talked about. People had more sex in those countries. It's called Chagas disease. Yeah. You want a parasite now, don't you? No. <laughs> I want a tapeworm. I guess that's a parasite. I want a tapeworm. Yeah. Isn't that supposed to make you less fat? Uh, Yeah, but you don't get any nutrients, so. <laughs> oh, that might. Oh, that's okay. I've got lots. I've been storing them up for years. 
Uh, here's the next one. April 19th, 2020, Italy. No water shortage in this Italian supermarket where a sudden tidal wave of water spelled a doom for a ransacker. The man, 46 years old, was a well-known character in this city of Catalica. He snuck into the back of a closed market on Easter Monday, and that break-in was his last. He paused to enjoy a drink of water, pulling a bottle from a towering tableau of, and the whole darn stack collapsed on top of him like a tidal wave. Employees returned to the shop the next day and were confronted by a collapsed mess of crates. And a few hours into the workday, they finally began to sort the collapsed stack. Lifting the first crate, an arm emerged, and it was immediately clear that a tragedy had taken place. But what? Thanks to CCTV footage, the Carabinera, that's some Spanish word, Italian word, I guess. They were able to, yeah, there you go. We're able to reconstruct the last moments of the 46 year old's life as he tugged the bottle free and crushed by the weight of the crates. People were sad that he died, but then again, it was twice his fault breaking in and alone in a store taunting gravity to do its worst. Do your worst. I don't have any clips for this, but here are some comments from Facebook fans. Water mistake to make. Water way to go. <laughs> Would this mean his water broke? <laughs> H2, so whoa, no. Mm-hmm. And so much for water being the healthy choice. There's more, but these are terrible, and I want to blow my these brains really out just bad. for reading them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, clip that one. Yeah, quick, quick, go on to the next one. Uh, all right, let's see. Molten Man. Pompeii and Circumstance. Uh, oh, this is from Hawaii. Good old USA fuck up. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii, USA. The man was 75 but still game for an off-limits sortie into Volcanoes National Park. As resident of the nearby town of Hilo, the elder hiker was well aware of the lava's distinctive molten danger. Probably had a picture of Pompeii on the wall, yet this midnight hike passed a warning, or passed a Warning, you will die, sign. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, all locals know better. Seems sensible to him. Man, the people who write these are not great. Yeah, I know. They're hard to read. Yeah, they're it's hard like, to listen, read. They are hard like, to read. It's, it's like listening to a transcript of a Trump speech. <laughs> or like reading a transcript of a Trump speech. Oh, wait, wait. Are you going to buy his NFT trading cards? What do you mean, gonna? <gasps> Have you not heard about this? I know. I'm saying I already did. Oh, you're the guy that bought it. I bought a six pack. <laughs> you got a discount. By the way, just as an offshoot, I know we're talking about Molten Man, but I think uh, Trump just melted down any chance of ever running again by putting out oh superhero NFT trading cards. What so an bad. asshole. I know. They what are so bad. Too. An asshole. He just ruined it. Nothing else yeah. matters anymore. He nope, did the he stupidest thing in the world. Yep. Which you is fine. He's an idiot. Actually so sold? I don't even care. They're hundred bucks each. Some dumbass is gonna gonna do it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. America. I mean that that same guy who's still wearing a, a Trump hat and has the flag in the back of his pickup. He'll scrape together. You know what? Kanye has suffered enough, John. You have <laughs> to leave him alone. Oh yeah. Poor Kanye. He's on to Hitler now. So you have to go back to. Why does he go back to selling two hundred dollar t shirts, white t shirts? They say Hanes in the back. He might. 
You never know. Kanye Kanye is due for a comeback. Yeezys. Yeah. Those are some ugly fucking shoes. I still like his music. Black Skinhead is still a great song. I don't care what you say. I'm not. Okay. Nope. I don't really listen to Kanye, so I don't. I don't really know. I don't have an opinion on it. Okay, I'm like this is not an opinion on Kanye. This is just I don't listen to Kanye's music, so I don't know. Yeah. So it might be all right. I mean, sometimes assholes make good music. <clears throat> well, yeah. Sometimes Garth they do. Brooks, okay I'm talking things. to you, Garth Brooks. Is he an asshole? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, he seems nice. Enough. Just saying shit now. Poor the girl. He's never going to be on our. <laughs> he's never going to be on our podcast now. Fuck! I ruined it. <laughs> Damn it, John. All right. All right, so Ding Dong, Hawaiian guy that knows better. Yeah, I bet yours is uh, better. Mesmerizing Lava was the siren song that this old boy to a magnificent sight and a midnight. I think we know where this is coming. Laws of Nature have no pity. Deceased author Robert Heinlein commented. Oh, you know what he used? To, you know what this <laughs> author used to do before he was an author? What's that? He's a, he's a Nazi German scientist moved to Heinlein. Yep, it's clear as day. Clear. Clear. Commented to the luckless volcano vanquished chap as he woke up in the afterlife. I hereby suggest that this man. You're is reading of this is the worst. It is really bad, and it's I mean, not your fault. Terrible, it's the writing. I mean, it is partly my fault. I'm not doing it any justice. I'm not making <laughs> it's no it inflection. Like, Might as no. well have AI just read this. Can we give a Darwin Award to an oldster? And not bellow about how he already is done reproducing. My dear readers, this is a dumb story. Okay, so I like the Darwin Awards, but this is just stupid. The guy's an idiot. He went up and, I mean, like, this is. My dad always said. I don't, I, there's better stories. 2022, like, come on, people, get out of your house and go do some stupid shit. <laughs> Falling in a volcano? Well, you think you're the first idiot to do that? Stop. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad one. That was a really bad What happened one. to him? You didn't even say what happened to him. He fell in a volcano and died. That's it. Awesome. That's all. Oh, the old man's family reported the Darwin Award nominee missing at midnight on Sunday evening, and his body was recovered eight hours later. He fell in a volcano. How was his body just... Mr. Lava Melt certainly deserves his hour of notoriety. What? <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> He didn't That's even awesome. like burn up into bits. I like love that it. would have been even better on video. Like it, like he was, you know, what would have been a better story. What's that? Like some jackass was like trying to take a drone video of himself next to a volcano and then fell in and accidentally recorded himself with his drone falling into the lava. And then the drone flew home and uploaded the video to YouTube. That would be a good story. You watch a guy not burn to death. That would have been a better some, story. Not some wrinkly old fucker with bad hips and climbing up a mountain. He fell in a volcano and, and they recovered his body. Like, how bad could it be? That's true. How bad could it be? Should have just dove right in. Like, you should have got total, like, Joe versus Volcano on that shit. That was a good movie. That was a great movie. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, was that 80s reference? Oh, Tom, 80s Tom Hanks movies? That'd be a good movie marathon. Yep. Okay, right. are you ready? I want better. I want better. Okay, I'm going to try. Hold on. All right, let's do it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, We're, let's go. <laughs> just hold on. What are you I'm going to see for? if this works. Just hold on. What are you waiting for? Just, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can get I'm gonna see if I can get AI to read this for us. Shit or get off the pot. Let's go. Did you hear me? Yeah, I did. Done. Are you ready? Let's see if it'll Mm -hmm. do it. Because we're so bad at it. Yeah. Well, I am. 124 snakes seek less annoying housemate. 2022 Darwin Award winner. Confirmed true by Darwin. Random venomous looking red striped snake. Maryland has a snake problem number one. Wait, 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 wait. A wait, homeowner wait. in Montgomery County was fed up with Is a snake infestation. But instead of calling a professional, they opted to smoke the basement with burning coals on the basement floor. The coals started a fire that likely did smoke out snakes, but it also spread and burned that house to the ground. <laughs> like bringing a chainsaw to a knife fight. There were no injuries, so this one's an honorable mention, but check out the next. Wait. Maryland has a on. snake problem Look, number put, put two. Pause on that. Okay. So they burned down their house trying to get rid of a snake problem. <laughs> <laughs> this is in Maryland. You can't be like, those, those fucking Southerners. Nope. Uh-uh. This is close yeah, to your neck of the they, woods. People do move, so we don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay, here's and the next one. To, if we were to ask Craig about people from Maryland and how bright they are, he'd be like, mm, mm-hmm. Baltimore. Yeah, during the summer especially. Uh, Maryland has a snake problem, number two. Maryland has a snake problem, number two. <laughs> Authorities carry caged exotic and venomous snakes out of an ordinary-looking suburban Dramatic house. <laughs> On January 19, 2022, authorities making a welfare check in Pomfret, Maryland found David Riston dead alone in their house, alone oh. except for numerous species of snakes, some venomous. Cobras, rattlesnakes, black mambas, and a Holy. gigantic python were among the 124 serpentine residents still living in the house. These exotic snakes were kept in beautiful habitat enclosures, but evidently one disgruntled serpent had protested confinement. Autopsy confirmed that the 49-year-old Homo sapiens died of accidental snake envenomation. Accidental? Did anyone ask the snake about its motives? Also, I found no report on which species did it. That's so terrible. I sense a parlor mystery game here. The body was discovered on January 19th, 2022, and neighbors had a no idea. Had a no idea. Sounds good. Is this is this website like updated by a seventh grader? You could have picked any kind of different voice, and this was Sarah. Hey Sarah. Yeah, wasn't that nice of Sarah? Sarah Serpent. Serpent. Here you go. You ready? Disgruntled serpent. There you go. Here's the news clip. Yeah, some new information. We now know that there were 124 snakes total inside this house here in Charles County, Maryland. Some of them venomous, some of them not venomous, including a 14-foot Burmese python. When Charles County sheriffs entered the home, they found the man on the floor. He was unresponsive. But they also found more than 100 snakes of various varieties, all in cages, some of them deadly. That's when animal control was called in. Jennifer Harris with Charles County says they've never seen a snake collection like this before. He does have a collection of venomous snakes that are illegal to keep in the state of Maryland. So we're looking into, you know, obviously how you would have acquired that and and, um, kept them inside the home. Some of the breeds that our animal control officers encountered included uh, pythons, rattlesnakes, 
cobras, black mambas. Charles County Animal Control was able to isolate the non-venomous snakes, but an expert from North Carolina had to be brought in to deal with the venomous snakes. As for the conditions inside the house? He was very meticulous about the way in which he handled and cared for the snakes inside the home. They were all very properly secured. They were racked. Um, he did not keep a lot of furniture inside the home, so there was no place if a snake, for example, were to escape where it could hide or um, you know, harm anybody. It seems as if he was almost uh, obsessive in his uh, cleanliness and the, and the keeping and care of the animals inside the home. Yeah, so the mother of the man who died here ultimately gave permission to Charles County to have them give the snakes away. The non-venomous snakes were given to a licensed handler from Virginia. The venomous snakes were given to a licensed handler from North Carolina. All the snakes have now been removed. The weather played a factor in this because it's so cold. All of those venomous, exotic snakes, not indigenous to this area, would have died in the cold weather had they been outside for any extended period. So they actually warmed up all the vehicles out here for about a half an hour before they transferred transfer the snakes from the house into the trucks to Important be transported back out of yes, state. Yes, that is hard still news. waiting for a cause of death. That could take weeks. The Charles County Sheriff's Department says there is no apparent signs of trauma to the man. They're just going to have to wait for an autopsy to discover how he actually died. That's the very latest here in Charles County. Back to you guys. All right, Mark Seagraves. So did they not line, actually say why are... he died? He just was like dead in a house with snakes? Yeah, that's just it. They don't that's know it. what species did it. They don't know if it was an accident. He probably had a heart attack. Yeah. They didn't even follow this nonsense up. That was January. That was they January. Know by now. And I wonder, I just happen to wonder if something, if there's a news report. I didn't look into it. There's a news report about venomous snakes in North Carolina. <laughs> That's hysterical. Stop. Oh, my. Hey, Wes. I'm in Do you know what you get? That. You know what you get when you cross a snake and a plane. <laughs> Snakes on a plane. A Boeing constrictor. <laughs> That's for you, Gary. That's stay in your listen. Car. That's too funny. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's dumb. You know what has right, 127 let's... teeth and hides a monster? What? My zipper. You counted them? That's- <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll read the next one. The last one of the 2022 Darwin Awards. So we can People end this painful roller coaster that we're on tonight. Happened on April 15th, 2022 in the awful state of California. It starts with <laughs> perplexing. <laughs> Why did a Las Vegas resident jump out of the car inside an Escondido car wash at midnight? Avoiding a B? <laughs> All we know is they did. Renee Tacte drove into the car wash, then exited the Scion hatchback while the drive was still in gear. And under its own power, the Scion evidently crept forward as cars do in gear, and the 56-year-old was pinned beneath the vehicle. Escondido police said the car wash was not active at the time. The driver was noticed by the person, the next person to visit the car wash. Eek. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did that. <laughs> Authorities took the unresponsive body to Palomar medical center where death was confirmed. 
No extenuating circumstances have been found, so we bestow upon Renee a washed-up Darwin Award and commend to the reader these hearty Reddit snarks. And there's a bunch of snarks that Reddit made. I do have a clip of this. Are you ready? That's worthy of a Darwin Award. Not to a bizarre accident. What's that? That's worthy of a Darwin Award. I think so, too. I'm on board with I'm and on board a North with County car wash where a man died after becoming trapped in machinery at the Escondido business. Our Jamie Chambers is there live with what he's learning tonight. Jamie? You know, Phil, investigators have dedicated a lot of man hours to try to understand exactly what took place here. It certainly is the talk of the <laughs> neighborhood the now. Investigators have Jordan Peterson. video that answers some questions, but they still have so many issues that they're trying to understand. Clean your room. Locals who use the Pearl Wash are trying to understand what could have happened to leave a 53-year-old man dead inside the automatic car washing machine. Yeah, I've been with the department about 30 years, and this is the first time I've seen anything like this ever. The accident happened late Friday night, and according to police, for some reason, the man climbed out of his Scion and was pinned between the car and the car wash equipment. The car began to roll forward and dragged him with the car. Locals say everyone in the area can't believe someone would get out of their car. I'd be too scared to get out of my car. I mean, the bristles and everything else, and it always says stay in your car, don't roll down your window, so I always follow direction. It's very you know, scared a freak, car wash. freak accidents, yes. you know, you it's never think it happen close by, but you know, the reality is that uh, you gotta be alert all the time. And while some car washers continue to use the automatic wash today without issue, others are looking at the system more cautiously. I brought car. a company vehicle through here and actually Not knocked hard. the mirrors off it. So I don't like car washes that actually engage and touch your vehicle. The Escondido Police Department says the car wash did not malfunction and wasn't engaged when the accident took place, but an alarm was triggered getting the attention of bystanders. Tragic and our, you know, our obviously our thoughts and prayers go out to the family, but thoughts and prayers. Um, just a terrible thing thoughts that and happened prayers. and, you know, it's just everything. there's no reason for it. It's just one of those odd things. Preliminarily, investigators don't believe drugs or alcohol played any role in this incident, but they are investigating this oh. as a traffic accident, traffic not accident. an industrial accident, because the car <laughs> was in drive the when they arrived on drive. scene. That's the very latest in Escondido. Jamie Chambers, Fox 5 News. Fox 5. Oh, we don't want to go to the next bum, one. Bum, 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 bum. I like it. The lady's like, I just, I don't understand because all the bristles of the car it's wash. It's so scary, the bristles. I'd never get out of the car. <laughs> The guy's like, these are really dangerous. Uh, everyone should be really afraid of these machines. I don't use the ones that touch your car because, you know, they can fuck you up. Meanwhile, you like, know, they even though some guy died off. in this car wash, like <laughs> six people, they show like going through this car wash. Like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. This guy died. Like, I don't know. Stay in your fucking car. My shit's Idiot. dirty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Stupid. Don't think it's the car wash's fault. It's like <clears throat> blaming the, the buffalo for goring the dad that needs a picture. Like, nope. Not the buffalo's <laughs> fault. You deserved it. That's what I was hoping for is like more buffalo deaths. You know, the buffalo <laughs> or the American bison. I was going to let you talk. Go ahead. Is <laughs> Tell us. It's the North American equivalent uh -huh. to the hippopotamus. Ah, yes. That's also, because we hippopotamuses almost completely wiped out buffaloes, that's how we destroyed um, and uh, enslaved many Native Americans in this country. We took away By, their food source. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did. The U.S. military went across the country. They sure did. Aren't they lovely? Heard of them. Here's the uh, or the military. The military. Aren't they awesome? Isn't they lovely? Here's some Reddit comments. Are you ready? 
All right, let's do it. Uh, his body oh, got no. cleansed, no. so no so need bad. to visit the morgue. Straight to the oh, grave it's... and cremating. Mm. And do you think pre-embalming wash? In Massachusetts, where I live, cars are treated as weapons. You give them a wide berth, or you'll pay the price. <laughs> oh, this is not by law. This is just how shitty drivers are in Massachusetts, which is true, by the way. Rhode Island's worse. Given that it that this isn't too far from another driving nightmare, Los Angeles, this twit apparently didn't get the memo. Uh, so here are some options when you go into the car wash. Soft touch, touch-free, or touch by an angel. Never select the last one. San Diego, a little bit of Florida and California. What does that mean? It's like Florida man, but San Diego is like, oh, you also get the same ding dongs. Oh, you're reading it right here. I'm glad you're on yeah, this. It's right there. Talk about <laughs> a clean <laughs> kill. <laughs> oh my gosh. At least he got baptized before death. Almost final destination. You know what's funny? It's like a yeah. final destination, and they're like, like these big things, and all the shits flying everywhere. And they're like, oh, dodge the bullet. And this guy's like, no, <laughs> the car wash is coming. Like, how slow are you that you get pinned by? A no, it was his car. car. <laughs> it was his own car. Who gets out of the car? I bet you he was making a TikTok. No, he was fifty-three years old. He wasn't making it. He probably left his windshield wiper blades up. Oh, and he was probably trying to do something, and yeah, you're probably right about that. Yep. I can see an clean, old man wanting to do that. He made a clean getaway. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to do it myself. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, we shouldn't laugh at death, but that's pretty fucked up. Well, Johnny, this has been a fantastic episode number 42. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it, folks. Uh, this is a value this all for started because we wanted to talk about the nanny state of the of countries where they like try to protect you from yourself. But I bet that guy in the car wash wouldn't have died if there was a sign. But clearly, the sign with the volcano guy didn't work because that guy's a moron. Well, my favorite is that your your text to me was, uh, I said what topic, and you said I don't know. Uh, government uh, is always gets in the way, or government always wants to protect itself. Yeah. And then government uh, making laws to protect people from themselves. And then your next text was Darwin Awards? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> but here you go. I'm going to read something for you. This is our last thing for the night. This is right. from Gallup. So gallupnews.gallup.com. Government remains Americans' top problem in 2022. <laughs> Uh, an average 19% of people in 2022 named some aspect of government as the biggest problem. 16% cite inflation and 12% the economy in general on average. And satisfaction with the direction of the U.S. averages, 18%, similar to 2008 and 2011. Those were Obama years. So uh, annual average of January to December monthly results if the government is... the uh, or most important problem mentions in 2022, government came number one with 19% of the mentionings. High cost of living is 16%. Economy in general is 12%. Immigration, 6%. Unifying the country, 5%. COVID-19, 4%. COVID-19 is 4%. I wonder what it was in 2021. Race relations and crime also at 4%. 
And then the last few, all at 3% are gas prices, judicial system, homelessness, abortion, ethics, morals, and environment. Environment is last on the list. Um, top three mentions the most important problem in US 22. Republicans say the government is the most important problem, which makes sense because Republicans are often less government, less taxes. Yeah, but that's also a very broad question. I know. Well, statistics, dude. You can make them say almost anything. Well, it's like it's like you're asking a question with without nuance that has a lot of nuance. Sure. I agree with you. It's like if somebody says our government's the big problem, but they also like to get their welfare check. Well, or what's like the same or, yeah. or what's the problem? Yeah. They never say what, what is the problem. Yeah. But like, you should know. Dysfunctional government? We do have a dysfunctional government. I think we all agree we have a dysfunctional yeah. government. But uh, the U.S. satisfaction is at the lowest point since 2011. Yes. Well, the yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're I very unsatisfied. No more than, well, and we're also we're like fed a line of bullshit. Like government. So this was interesting. It's like this is a whole other conversation and side topic that would be great to discuss. But um, uh, I don't know if you remember John Boner, Boehner. Hate that guy. However, Boner, he he came out and um, was very complimentary of Nancy Pelosi. Now I'm mm. just as a reminder, not a huge fan of Nancy Pelosi, and it wasn't that he was like kissing her ass or anything like that, but he was showing her respect. <clears throat> yeah, which it wasn't that long ago that leaders showed other leaders, even if they were the opposing leader, respect. Yeah. And we just don't do that anymore. Well, now what we does that show you? What does that show you, though? We're a bunch of gorillas. Yeah. Silver-backed assholes. <clears throat> yeah, we're not... Um, well, I mean, I firmly believe, and this is my own hot take about the whole thing, is that we're at the end of the this empire. So you're watching the last days. I don't know how many decades it has left, but we're definitely not on the... We're not on the tippy top. We already hit the mountain peak. And we're down. And if anyone is a fan of Carol Quigley, he, this is how this is how empires go up and down. And the only way that an empire can uh, contain or remain on the top is through expansion. And we're not expanding. We're we're actually trying to go down, down. Now globalism would be the expansion, and uh, that might be where they're heading. And that's why they think that's the only course they have. But I'm not a fan of globalism either. So, um, I know. Trippy talk, trip, trippy, tricky trippy. topic for sure. The globalism, uh, but the nanny, no, yeah. Well, like all of this that we're talking about, but <laughs> related to it, what started the the conversation yes. going into the Darwin Awards, which was fun and dumb, uh, was the nanny state, yeah. and I think that's a valuable conversation too because you also hear about oh the nanny state and it's created as like this super bad negative thing, and they talk about these restrictions on our personal choices or what's available to us. Um, and some of them, yes, are properly dumb, but there's other ones that are like, uh, like obesity is a problem. And they talk about reducing or limiting the amount of sugar you can get in a single drink. And people argue that, uh, you should be able to just drink whatever the fuck you want, whenever you want all the time. And well, yeah, there's some logic to that, I guess. At the same time, that same fat asshole that's 400 pounds that, that drinks his diabetes into oblivion wants the government to pay for that. Yep. So it's like, it does affect us. And so all these like nanny state laws that's, that seem like they're restricting your freedoms, uh, they might, yes, but they also 
take resources away from us that could be used for better and bigger things. Sure, but it's it goes back to safety or freedom. Well, so okay, so how about and this? but hold on, you have the but education, go, but education yeah, well, too. You should do the education, but you should like if <clears throat> if you want to say you shouldn't restrict your the, let's use the sugary soda drink as an example. Mm-hmm. If we shouldn't be restricting that. Then I shouldn't be required to have my tax dollars pay for your diabetes. I agree one hundred percent. I agree one hundred percent. But we're not going to do that because then people are like, oh, well, that's just cruel because. Is it cruel? You made your own fucking choice. That's what I think. Yes. I fully agree with that. (laughs) Like I, and this is the balance is like, I, I don't mind helping people. And I think having universal healthcare would be a great thing if we could do it right in a way that's equitable and doesn't drain one side and fully support the, there's a way to do it. That makes sense. Yeah. It's challenging. It's tricky. Uh, healthcare should not be a for-profit business. Nope. It shouldn't it be was, insurance run. No, it shouldn't be insurance run. But it is. That's absolutely right. Yep. Um, you know, and then you get the pharmaceuticals in there that have yep. no, they they have no motivation to cure anything. No. Because they only make money when you're sick. Yep. They start curing things. This is a whole, we're going down a rabbit hole. I'm sorry. No, I, just, I love it. Going off, this is like I know it has nothing to do with Darwin Awards other than they're all no. idiots. But it does have to do with the the nanny state, the like laws that yeah. that try to prevent us from hurting ourselves. Yeah, uh, and a lot of this stuff <laughs> real world consequences. Like one of the ones that comes up is seatbelts. Oh. Like we require people to wear seatbelts, but well, the amount of resources dedicated to like cleaning up accidents after somebody wasn't wearing their seatbelt yep. is huge versus the person that like walks away from the accident. So we pay for that. Yep. Uh, when I was in high school, a woman was in her front yard and she got ran over because a woman hit the curb, bounced out of her seat because she wasn't wearing her seatbelt, lost control of her SUV, and ran over a woman who was gardening. Like, yeah, that's a one-off. That's that's the flip side of well, I don't wear a seatbelt because what if I end up upside down in a pond? They can't get the seatbelt undone. Yeah. All right. Sure, it's an anecdotal one-off. <laughs> Fine, but fuck you. I'm right. Well, folks, that was a preview of uh, our future podcast <laughs> called The Nanny Yay. State. I already wrote it down. So we'll do some research, and uh, that'll be a podcast for later on, so probably sometime in January, February. John, did you know yeah, that we started one. this um, the first week of February, this podcast, first week of February? So we're almost on, on our one year. year. I know. And please tell your friends, and and even if they don't listen, just have them play it so that we can get to 100 listens. <laughs> A hundred listens. Hundred listens. For anniversary. Right, That's what we you, want. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you what we are. Oh, by the way, did you also oh. know what else happened today? Just um, as a side topic, can you guess? Guess what else happened today besides the amazing Trump NFT that you have bought many of already? <laughs> Such hot garbage. Uh, no, I don't. You're going to love me. this. It is uh, the final uh, unredacted JFK papers came out. The ones that oh. were stopped in 2017. So it's like uh-huh. 1,100 or 1,300 pages of basically it's about Oswald. So what do we know? I don't know. I haven't, no one's really gone through it yet. And I don't have the <laughs> bandwidth or the time to do it either. <laughs> so I'm waiting for someone else smarter than me to go through it. It's important that we read these things, but I don't have time to. So I'm going to let somebody else tell me what this is. Yeah. And then I'll read it. <laughs> it's good. That's how it works. <laughs> Well, so, so far we've had 1,510 downloads or listeners. Nice. And 502 um, 
in the last uh, 90 days. So thank you for all of our listeners. We really appreciate you. This mm-hmm. is a value for value podcast. So um, any way that you can help support us right now, I'm looking for a way to go live on our podcast. So that means I need help with Azura cast and, but so that I can um, do this podcast live. So if you want to hear us live, Wait, also what need, does that, what does, what does that help mean? What, when you say you need help? So that means that if someone understands how to do a live podcast through Azura cast, and so not financial support. Yep. You need a you need technical support. Well, because value is time, treasure, and money. Mm-hmm. Or time, talent, and treasure. Excuse me. Time, talent, and treasure. So if you have the time, if you have the talent, and you have the treasure to help us out, we would like to be a successful podcast. But we also want it to be listener supported because we do this for <laughs> you guys as well as for us. We enjoy doing this because John and I, this is if if you weren't listening to this, we'd be doing this anyways. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you enjoy and you feel like you're connecting with us or that you um, agree with us or disagree with us, we want to hear from you. We have many options. You can go to balderdashboys at protonmail.com. That's balderdash with an A. You can go to our website. You can leave a comment. You can go to any of the podcasting platforms and leave a comment. We even have a telephone number that's posted on our website. You can contact us through that. Leave us a voicemail and we'll chat back. You can even go to Mm -hmm. Instagram and find us there, and I'll I'll communicate back with you as well. So we're very approachable. You can find us anywhere, and we'll talk to you. And if if you want to connect with us, if you want to reach out, if you want to be on the podcast because you feel like you have a story to share that has to do with bourbon or balderdash or beer, uh, we would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Or if you have any ideas that you would like to hear as well. And if you have any help, technical help, with website design or – uh, getting us on a live stream because I'd love to do a live stream where we chat with people and we're on a live stream. That would be fun. That um, would be fun. Yeah, contact us. B-A-L-D-E-R-D-A-S-H-B-O-Y-S at protonmail.com. Balderdashboys at protonmail.com. And if you want to f- support us financially, you can always go to either uh, Podverse or Fountain.fm and send us Satoshis. What do we do with those Satoshis? We go on the black market. We buy guns and drugs and no, we don't. We actually will use those Bitcoins and Satoshis to help fund our retirement because mm-hmm. in the future, it'll all be CBDCs. That's another topic for another day. There is a really nice billionaire's house up for sale in the Bahamas. Is there? Yeah. Oh. What's that? What's that? What's that curly-haired kid's name that just got arrested? Oh yeah, dude. Have you followed any of that? We got to. We got to end this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we got to end this. Oh, this is all the rabbit holes. Uh, this was. I don't. Yeah, this was a lot. Of, anyways, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> thank you for um, uh, promoting us, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Uh, yeah, tell your grandchildren to listen. Yep. Tell your legally aged twenty-one and older drinking age. <laughs> Grandchildren to listen. Almost. Almost. Good night, John. Good night, Wes. Fuck. I was just waiting for that. Thank you. (laughs) I saw the look in your eye. (laughs) Goodbye.